Could you, you come forward one at a time and take these? Okay. We'll take two more. What's happening right now? <laughs> the center will have something even a little more difficult. Next time I'll do it over to hit a flyer and poison snakes while there is a sniper shooting at us. In case you haven't noticed, attendance is falling off radically. We have to decide whether or not we want to keep the Zen Center open. Those cards are given out and to encourage people to come. If everybody brought one person, there'd be more people. We have to decide whether we want to keep the Zen Center open or not. It's not working the way it is. This whole attitude of staying small and insignificant is not healthy, does not work well, is dysfunctional. If you have practice and you have gained insight, to not share that is very stingy, extremely stingy. One of the traps in this practice is clinging to nirvana. There's great talk in Zen about emptiness. And we can misinterpret emptiness by thinking you sit in the quietness and stillness of nirvana. And that's emptiness. That's not emptiness. You're clinging to something. So you're full of a false emptiness. Hmm? There is no self. If you cling to that idea, then you're clinging to a self of no self. In Zen they talk about the self of no self. Well, I'm not here. I'm not here. That would not be emptiness. You would still be clinging. If you have that experience of no self, if you have that experience of emptiness, don't hold on to it. Go past that into real emptiness, which is what today's lecture is about. Please, everyone, get this book. Little book, won't take long to read it. Reconciliation, Healing the Inner Child. A lot of hooey. Suppose you were in a movie theater and a film being projected on the screen. Sitting in your seat and looking at the film, we must believe this is a true story. We may even cry. The suffering is real, the tears are real, but the experience isn't happening right now. It's only a film. I invite you to come up close to the screen with me, and we touch the screen. We can see that no one is there. There's only light flickering on the screen. We can't talk to the people on the screen. We can't invite them to have tea with us. Because this is a fictive story. Something unreal. Yet it can create suffering. The analogy of sitting in a theater looking at that screen is talking about the movie we're always watching the inner mental screen we're always projecting. Hmm? There's the issue. You follow it along? Yes. There's a movie we're projecting onto a screen and we're playing out as if it's real. We're not looking at the right experience. Hmm? Of the issue. No self-business.
meeting recently and a fellow talked about the fact that, and please allow me to use the word God, one thing he knows about God is that he's not God. Around it became my turn to speak and I said, I understand that. One thing I know about God is I'm not God. But, not separate from God. A lot of people thanked me for that one. No separation. Well, this practice is always asking us to look deeper. That's a nice insight. Oh, good insight. Let's go a little deeper. I'm not separate from God. I can't separate myself from God. Interconnected. Move into Buddhist terminology. I cannot escape from the functioning of the Absolute. My activity and the activity of the Absolute are the same activity. No separation. Let's move back to Christianity. God the Father. I am not separate from the Father. I and the Father are one. Well, my goodness, now Rick just took a big step. Where have you heard that one before? Where have you heard that one before? Christianity. Jesus. Well, I'm saying it too. I and the Father are one. Blasphemy. Heresy. Not quite. If you look at things deeply, you see it. But we still haven't gone deep enough. I and the Father, even if we're talking about oneness, is still split. I and the Father. There's a split. Let's look deeper. If you look at yourself as a raindrop, and in my case it would be a big fat raindrop, and you see yourself falling down, you're going to fall into ocean beyond nirvana, ocean of the absolute. That drop falls down into the ocean of the absolute. Now we're talking about emptiness. Now it's beyond I and the Father are one. Now it's union. There's no longer anybody to say I and the Father are one. That one who says that dissolves. The difference between Rinzai and Soto. Rinzai is making it dissolve. Soto is letting it dissolve. When that drop falls down, that's you. If you're hearing this correctly, a part of you should be trembling. Hmm? That's what we mean when we say no self. That shell that you have, that you've created, that gives you a sense of self, integrates, dissolves. There's no longer a sense of I and other. Now what are you at that moment? What is that? On this one before, let's see what happens. Let's see if we can go into that ocean. Let's see if we can let go. Why does Bodhidharma have only one sandal? Because I left the other one in Kansas. Why did Bodhidharma come from the East? Because the West is really smelly. It's not... What do you want to be when you grow up? A living Buddha. When will you be a grown-up? Right now. Demonstrate that. <laughs> it isn't complicated, ladies and gentlemen. We get caught up in mysticism. Hmm? I was talking with somebody about the difference between religion and spirituality. Religion is about indoctrination and making you get into a particular box and behave according to their rules. Spirituality is not indoctrination. Spirituality is about liberation. Liberation comes when the drop falls into the ocean. What are you liberated from? 
egotistical self-centeredness that keeps you separate, gives you an illusion of separation. I, me, Rick is here, separate from you. It's an illusion. It's nonsense. It's fictitious. What do you say to this? Okay, if you can, good. Mazel tov. Why should it be scary? Mysterium tremendum is attractive and repulsive. Mysterium tremendum. Come here. Oh no. Come here. Very attractive, very repulsive. That's what we're dealing with. Because we have a self. It's a self that finds it attractive. It's a self that finds it repulsive. Get beyond the self. Hmm? About that. Got to keep going deeper the way we play today. Hmm? I and the Father are one. Wow, there it is. No, it ain't. Still split. Yes, we're talking about the oneness, but we're talking about it from a dualistic position. I and the Father. I and the Absolute. Do it again? It feels more like void than being fully. Oh. Void comes about because of misconception. It's the drop fell into the ocean. I'll cease to exist. What is it that will cease to exist? There's the issue. There's a misunderstanding. I think there's a critical piece there. Critical piece is as that drop falls, it's the void. Unavoidable void of the bardo, whatever you want to call it. That state of betwixt and between. Very dear to me recommended that book. What? Somebody very dear to me recommended that book to me. Mm, I did too. Yeah. One of the intriguing things about the drop, unlike in nature, where a drop just drops, the drop we're talking about can move over here, can turn around and go back up here, can do all sorts of stupid, foolish, nonsensical, insane things. And not only can, does. Ah! Goes over here. So it's a very strange drop. Just fall. Plop. Is it foolish and nonsensical from a weak position? This, that drop mm. doing its dance. Only nonsensical and being manifested from the unawakened state. Ah, that's a good answer. There's Tony's question. Why does wisdom let this happen? What do you say? It is. But if we cling to that, now we've spoiled it. Understand that piece of it? If we cling to that, we've spoiled it. If you cling to emptiness, it's no longer emptiness. There's where full manifestation can take place. That's the point where that drop that fell into the ocean can truly manifest. Does that make sense? No. Does that make sense? Yes. It makes sense because... Nicely. Yes. You're trying to regulate the process. Candy shell outside of us, and then there's some chocolate in the middle, and then in the very center is the nut. But this, this is, is crazy nuts. And those sees the nut as the void, not the void. The nut is despair. Despair being a conglomeration, conglomeration of so many emotions that have just been welled and stuck and hardened in the center of this emanation all along. And it mis even misinterprets that as a void. Really is as a conglomeration, a mess, a slop of emotions. Experience what it is that I'm feeling in that. Well, that's the thing. You can't. What we're afraid of, we can't go around. 
You have to go through it. Awful. It is for the ego. It's horrendous for the ego. You are not your ego. And the, and the chalk there is all this addiction that I, I've coded around this to try to avoid the basic first step on the path that Buddha talks about, which is having that suffering. If I refuse to accept the first step on his path, I won't be able to go any further. So this candy coating and chocolate comes in. You say, oh, this is so brutal, seems brutal. It doesn't seem brutal, it is, <laughs> to the ego. It's ego-destructing. Hmm? Oh, seem brutal. It is brutal. What is ego? Well, it's a non-thing. Then, the, then how is it brutal Precisely. The ego? Precisely. What is more accurate, is, it is brutal or it seems brutal? We're clinging is the issue. There's the, pr there's the foolishness. This thing that doesn't exist, we're clinging to tenaciously. We're having an erotic affair with it. Now, what you started out with, that activity is happening within the Absolute. Ego activity does not happen outside of the Absolute. Everything happens within the Absolute. At a certain point in the practice, you see that. Hmm? Then you understand you can start letting go. Then these words become, if you want, that raindrop, when it falls into the ocean, there's no longer God, because there's nobody there to say God. That's the point you can say Buddhism is atheistic. What they're doing is simply talking about the Judeo-Christian idea of union with God. But there's no longer anybody who is experiencing that union. When you're still dancing with ego, when you're practicing and ego falls down and there's that sense of union, it's ah, ah, ah. As you keep practicing and that becomes, here's the way that works. The drop falls in, ah, the drop reforms, goes back up. And there's work and you fall down again. At a certain point when it all falls apart, it's no longer ecstatic as it is. You can't say you and the ocean are one at that point. There's no you to say I'm one with the ocean. I and the Father are one. I was talking with a Christian minister from that clergy group. Well, if we're all the children of God, if I'm God's child and I'm a man, well then I'm the son of God, aren't I? Oh no, no. He only had one problems here. I and the Father are one. Sometimes that's very annoying. I and my biological father are one. We had dinner recently and I was talking about they won't let me sleep at night now. And I said, who are they? I didn't have a good answer. That night I realized they are my ancestors. My mother and my father are in here their parents are in here and their parents parents are in here the whole damn crowd is in here inescapably all pushing me forward none of them are pulling me back they're all pushing me forward your ancestors are in there they're in every cell of your body your body is the storehouse of these seeds you can't get away Oh, we're distracted. <laughs>
we get distracted easily in the daytime. Mm. So much going on. Same thing happens on the cushion. Huh? <laughs> I come here on a Sunday morning, they're pushing. I can feel the push. Yes. But I'm sitting here for that. <laughs> they don't care what you want, is the point. I don't mind them pushing as long as they pay rent. <laughs> they don't pay rent and they push. <laughs> That's a big step we took today, owning that ancestral activity. This is not ancestor worship. Oh, but there has to be honoring. Well, it seems to be. Uh, I am a byproduct of sex. This thing that you're calling Rick is the byproduct of sex. My mother and my father had sex. Some people would say you're the product of sex, not the byproduct. Either way, okay. <laughs> right about it, but either way. We don't have to fight, either way. I am the result of my parents' sex. My father is the product of sex. My mother is the product of sex. And it keeps going back and back and back. There's a lot of people back there pushing us forward. Urging, encouraging, umfing. They're not back there inert. Why not? Because they're alive. Well, you'll have to find out for yourself. And in my... One way they're alive is by your being. Yes, that I understand. Well, that's sufficient. Well, there is more, but you have to see that. Don't take my word for it. I don't. Thank God. But don't fight it either. I'm asking. My mother and father are alive in this thing called Rick's body. Hmm? This is not me. This is my body. And it's made up of many elements. Some of the elements are my mother's egg, my father's sperm. There's more to it, but those are important ingredients. And it goes back and back and back. We talk a lot in Zen about lineage, and they talk about the lineage up to the Buddha. What about your own lineage? You can't escape as much as you want to. My father was a jerk. What a stupid person. I disown him. Nice try. You can't do it. This is what Lynn was talking about last week. Are the children responsible for the parents? Well, how do we mean that? That's what this book is dealing with. Reconciliation. Those parts that are at war are looking for a reconciliation. Donalds was good when he brought up the idea of worshiping in the church of the wounded child. It can become excessive. But to ignore it is to our own defeat. I think I'm wrestling the hardest with right now what you're putting out in it promptly point that out. I hear that there might be recon reconciliation, but there is no resolution. There is no completion. There is no finality to it. Yes, it can become excessive in the church of the wounded child, but the wounded child will always be there. Well, It will we always go? be a wounded child. Where, there you go. True? Yes, it seems so. The last 25 years of my life, I've been dealing with a wounded child. Now he's MIA. He used to call his sister. There's been no calls. That's an externalization of my wounded child. That's what I was working with all these years. And every other wounded child I encounter. Every other wounded child that I encounter. Sometimes it's too much. Go away.
Why don't you just go away? A lot of talk in AA, this one fellow keeps emphasizing it. Without exception, alcoholics are very lonely people. Well, I'm the exception. I ain't lonely, thanks. Please, go away. Just go away. Work hmm? with That's what I'm working with. Is that reality in itself is not the cause of suffering. Oh. The reason that is obvious is because not everybody's insane at the same reactionary level. I mean, some people go insane at the closing, but other people go insane at a much greater level. Of what is it that's feeling reality and flowing with it, or sensationalizing reality and no, fighting against it? They're both, they're both ignorance. Both. Or Barney's or Japan. Mm. The hardest part of this practice is accepting the fact that the earthquake in Japan is God's grace, or the functioning of the absolute. Some people don't like that word God. God, good orderly direction. I'm not talking about the subject matter. I'm talking about the problem being that we are not seeing it as God's grace. I'm talking about how I am responding to reality. What I'm feeling the situation of what you're putting out, the essence of what you're saying. I'm flowing with what you're saying. I'm not arguing with you. And it can go deeper and deeper and deeper. Body, through the mind, through the spirit, flowing with the feeling of what's happening and picking up to the right action. However, my ego is inclined to sensationalize. I want sensation, not feeling. It's a very big difference. I don't want to feel things as they are. I don't want to flow with them. I want a dramatic, movie-like sensation. That's the excess emotion, that's the problem. What is determining how we go along with that? Ignorant. Earthquake, it could be Barney's New York. Yes. We're back to desire being the cause of suffering. Well, there you go. And desire, what's the roots of desire? Ignorance. Roots of desire is ignorance. That's the difference between emotion and feelings. Becoming enlightened doesn't turn you into a zombie. Thank God. There's where people get confused about emptiness. Turn everything off. That's not it. Anything, it's quite the opposite. The reds become so freaking red. It's like, oh God, it's so red, it's so red. The rose is so fucking beautiful, I can't handle it. You can't handle it. I don't know if you've ever had the experience in sex where it's just too much. I have to get away from it. It's just too much. <laughs> Holy shit. Mm, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> well, it's, you know, we're having sex. Every moment, if you want. Except, is it twisted or is it functional? The red is so red. This question brings us back to the first thing you read to us, in my opinion. Watching the screen, Tik Nhat takes us up to the movie screen, and we see that it's not real. Even though it's not real, suffering can be result from this. Statement incomplete. Suffering result only? Is that the only option from this situation? Well, no. When I was a kid, my mother, my brother, and I went to see Lassie come home. We all came out sobbing. We'd go to a movie and come out laughing. And well, come out feeling, oh man, yes, yes, it makes sense. We can do like Derek stand up in the middle, start throwing milk duds, going boo, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Whatever you want. But that movie is the movie. That's what you've got to get. We have to get. So illusion in itself is not the cause of suffering. My desire to something with illusion is my... You did not say that illusion was the cause of suffering, the desire was. Is this true? That's a good way to look at it.
Because what Cliff brought up is interesting. Everything's transient. So then argue at the physics level, the atomic level, whatever we want to do. But really, it's my desire in this whole midst of this act, whatever I don't want to own about myself, it's hard to say, to avoid, that I am creating my world. There you go. I mean, it's very... I don't like the world I'm creating. Well, isn't that wonderful? That's if you own that, if you really own right. it, Right. How wonderful. I can see that. I can Absolutely. Is that touching the movie screen? I think that would be walking out of the theater altogether. Okay. <laughs> I think the, where I get hung up right at this point, at the moment I recognize, oh my God, yes, <laughs> there's a feeling right in the center of my chest of oceans that prohibit me from going where Lynn described into that joy. Because I refuse to go through this. It's just so gross. It's this, apparently there's some wisdom in that what it's talking about, but without me going, I don't want to feel, I want to sensationalize about it. Well, oh you, you hit a big point there where Buddhism does not recognize sin the way the Judeo-Christian heritages recognizes sin. It's a very important distinction. With sin, there's something on top of a problem already, right? I went one time to St. Thomas, and I was talking with a priest there. This is when I had this stroke. And I said, I'm feeling great despair. <gasps> oh, that's a sin. <laughs> go fuck yourself, please. Please. Right? I'm already hurting. And he puts another thing on top of it. Sin is not the way to deal with it. Well, if you're not a sinner, ignorant. There's original sin, Christianity, there's original ignorance. The ignorance of the absolute. Stop ignoring. All the point is, how can you ignore it? Well, you engage in sinister deception. Here's how you ignore the absolute. You engage in sinister deception. You trick yourself. Sin is sinister deception. Sin is stir. In other words, it's when we're Well, we did thing. that last week, didn't we? If I talk about dogma, I'm not talking about dogs. <laughs> if I talk about sinister, I'm not talking about sin. Well, sinister, he said, is connected to evil. Well, you can have evil and still not be a sinner. I am not a sinner. If you want to go, let's go this route. Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's nice but I'm still a sinner. That's spitting in Christ's face. He died for our sins, but you're still a sinner. And we have to keep you as a sinner because we need you to put money in the box. Relieve your sins, you've got to come to us. No way out except through us. So you've got to be a sinner and come for salvation through us. Well, I don't know if that's true. Is it? Find out. Well, the, we're thinking of going a few steps happening right now. For me, is everything you're saying is producing feeling, emotions. I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel what's happening. I am emoting. In other words, sensationalizing and creating kind of drama to react to what you're saying. So both things are happening as you're putting the words yeah, out. Yeah, like but you're not looking movie. at your fear. You won't look at your fear. All these little things we're throwing out are attempts to divert ourselves. Embrace what you're already involved with. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, it would be magnificent. Beyond, beyond, beyond. 
If that deception always gets through, there's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Ring the bell that still can ring. Is just take the good part you talked about, about <laughs> that self-deception that's going on. Well, perhaps it's not the way it really is. No, there's. You're talking about duality. Mm. I'll take the good and not the bad. The good exists because of the bad. The bad exists because of the good. The anti-Christ exists because of Christ. The anti-Buddha Buddha exists because of the Buddha. Well, we're still in duality. What we're talking about here is the union of that, nirvana, and then getting beyond, beyond samsara and nirvana. What is that? Nobody can describe it. Find out. Right on my plate in the middle of my chest, the world that I'm living in, planet Earth, all its chaos is the Buddha. Yes. Who came in? Me. Buddha. Running <laughs> away from the world. It's can be stupid. all ugly. Why is it? Yes or no doesn't matter. Mm. We all now turn our backs on Japan. That's so friggin' ugly. I mean, that's so friggin' ugly. Let's just turn around and walk away. Right? That guy laying in the street. Let's walk away. Let's walk away. Let's walk away. Let's just walk away. Well, I wish that worked. I really do, honest to God. Wish that worked. Just walking away. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Don't work. That's sad. I invested so much in walking away. So much. Hundreds of gallons of whiskey. Get away. Didn't work. So sad. How are you deceiving yourself? I thought if I drink enough whiskey, it goes away. And it did. I would drink pass out, fall on the floor, and piss in my pants. And it was gone. Theoretically, at least consciously, for that time. Temporarily. Exactly. I come back the next morning, it's still there, and I got a headache, besides. Hmm? How are you drugging yourself? What's your drug? Avoid tsunamis. The tsunami of your life. What's the tsunami in your life? Getting up. Huh? There you are, sound asleep. That's a friggin' tsunami. Whatever size love you've got, it's wonderful. It's perfect. It's extremely wonderful because it has the opportunity. Hmm? Just remember, in the winter, far beneath the bitter snow, he, without the, with the sun's love in the spring, becomes the road. Whatever size love you've got, whatever that seed is, you're a flower blooming, you blooming idiots. <laughs> the way that I see everything getting worse in the world is only seeing part of the thing. Well, that's a funny thing about Sasaki. You say it. I should. You say so there's only left is... Well, you're not going to end the world. I know. <laughs> the funny thing about Sasaki is somebody asked him about how things are going. He says, oh, things not as bad as they seem. Much worse. <laughs> you don't want to hear that from a spiritual giant. Much worse. Ooh, wake up. Better wake up. <laughs>
Well, it's time for the new Buddha to come. Oh, if everybody would wake up, it would change the whole ball game. The, all these disasters that are happening are happening because we're all so deeply asleep. We're not looking at reality. I'm not, well, we could get into metaphysics there if you want. Did the tsunami happen because we're a world full of stupid people? No. Did it? No. Well, you can't say that. Any more than you can, you just did, but it doesn't float. Because you can't say it is or it isn't. Absolutely. Yes. It isn't us here and the environment there. Thought, word, and deed. So the dinosaurs. What do you say? That's ridiculous. Why did they become extinct? I don't know. One sided answer ridiculous. Give us an answer that makes sense. One part of my mind called the meteorite slammed into another part of my mind called the earth, causing an ice age part of my mind that killed the dinosaur part of my mind, the brain encapsulated in this organic shell. But when I look more carefully, I mean, even as, as the people do kitten in the room, I can feel the breeze blowing up against me, and it's affecting me. My mind is affecting me in the form of people walking, kitten, the breeze. We're sitting here, and the fire engine goes down, and it upsets our meditation. Only if we let it picture as mine. Well, that's what we started with, isn't it? That movie theater is our mind. That's what's going on. That's very important. We present it as a movie theater, but it's the movie that's going on in our mind. That's what I meant when I said you walk out of the theater. Let go of that. You do not have to stay involved with that. That's a good sign of how I'm engaging in nihilism. I don't really believe my mind has the right that clamps them into the earth and the dinosaurs is all my mind. I don't want to own how I'm responsible for that kind and of There's things. the word, ladies and gentlemen. And this is just my little shtick. The word responsibility has a very heaviness to it. I like to change it around to from responsibility to ability to respond. All workable. Donald what Dennis said, all the maladies. No, that was in response to your, my ancestors are pushing me. Sure. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, several things. One, I have to... Wait, you said it. How could you say it? One, I was speaking up my ass when I wrote it. And if you couldn't pick up the sarcasm. <laughs> one of the first pieces that I wrestle with is the difference between my mind and my brain. My mind does mm. not reside in my brain. Two totally different mm -hmm. things. My brain mm -hmm. is a very, very wonderful organ. It does a very fantastic job of creating, formulating, thinking. Astounding. Not my mind. Totally different thing. Mm -hmm. And I constantly look to box the idea of mind inside of work. Mm -hmm. The thing that has me chafing the most at this particular moment is the fact that, regardless of what I'm actually hearing from you, I come here with the explicit purpose of I want to get away from the fucking pain. And all I'm hearing is open yourself up and mm -hmm. continue mm -hmm. to good, the bad, the pain, the joy. And I keep wanting to go, and that means the pain and the suffering is going to go away, right? And 
that's exactly the response. There is no response. I quickly put on hand puppets and start doing a dance going, I said that if I do this, and then I start crucifying myself, you, whoever, Christ, don't like that raw state. But four noble truths have a conclusion. <laughs> if we move desire, remove desire, bring an end to suffering. Now, wait a minute, don't jump. Don't jump, think of the people who love you. Now we have to look at the difference between suffering and pain. When the monk came in to see Bodhidharma and said, I cannot calm my mind. Bodhidharma said, show me your mind. He said, I've looked all over and I can't find it. He said, there, I've calmed it for you. That's a nice story, I haven't seen it work, but what he's pointing out is the mind is not the brain. The mind is this conglomeration, a whole gathering of nothing. It's that movie screen that we're looking at that's nonsense. Get out of the theater. Leave the theater. You don't have to stay there. That does not mean that we turn our back on phenomenon. Wherever you go, there you are. And we can philosophize and bring this out as far as it'll go, but there you are. You're still going to have to get up tomorrow morning and do what you got to do. People pass you and give you the finger. And you have to pay attention to that. Please, please, get that book. I don't have a more common ground to dance off of. Who, who? Reconciliation. Something more earlier, okay. Building the inner child. Uh, is that possible? I'm back to that question. <laughs> Building the inner child. Or is it something that's always going to be a wound? One of the things that's most fascinating is that true compassion, real compassion, comes out of the wound. I understand, or I understood, I know clear as a bell the day my son arrived at that school. Here comes this yellow uh, suburban, pull up, also talking, he's sitting in the back, wouldn't get out. Long fucking deal. Finally they get this kid out and I'm, oh, I'm going to cry. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. The was, what happened to him? How could this have happened to this kid? Bang! Connection immediately. That wound saw that wound. That wound saw that wound. It was out of that that the compassion came up. A wounding we're having trouble with, but it's out of that wounding that our real compassion comes. There's a very difficult moment there with that wounding. Go to the dark side or the light side with it. I've been wounded, no, I'll fucking get you. Or I see your wound and we'll do something. I've been Freudian a lot lately. Noble side. I, I asked for a yes, no, and you purposefully graciously did not give me that. Asking you two things from the depths of my being. Please, give those cards out. Invite somebody in. Go on like this. This isn't good. This is not good. We're surviving because of Donald's generosity. Fine. Do you want to practice Zen or no? Please read that book. Two days you'll have it. It's a little book. You can read it in a day. Why do I want you to do that? Maybe we can bring about some reconciliation. There's good stuff happening, we're afraid to own it.
What is your brilliance masking? Most people say, oh, my dark side. No. The brilliance you're putting out is masking your much greater brilliance because ego gets involved. I'll take a hold of this and I'll run the show. The brilliance has behind it a greater brilliance. Sara holds in it contains nirvana. Sara holds in it nirvana. Okay. Awaken. Take the suffering should be seen. The origin of suffering should be avoided. The goal should be attained. The path should be actualized. Suffering should be realized as impermanent. The origin of suffering should be realized as impermanent. The goal should be realized as impermanent. The path should be realized as impermanent. Suffering should be seen clearly. The origin of suffering should be seen clearly. The goal should be seen clearly. The path should be seen clearly. There is no suffering, no origin of suffering, no goal, no path. Sangha relationships become complete. May my Zen center flourish. Please, in the name of God. Yes, thank you for the teachings. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Why don't you leave them here during the week? Yeah, well,